0: Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the Newstalk 1070 KJMO app or on Facebook Live. Just search On The Mark KJMO on Facebook. You can find us there and uh, watch along at the show here live in studio. On a rainy day in downtown Hannibal, America's hometown, uh, we are brought to you by the amazing people at Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, the number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. They have the new lifetime powertrain warranty on not only the new vehicles, but to use vehicles as well, check them on out. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith Family Giving Back. That's Kunis Country. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. We got a show today. Back live in studio with you here on a Saturday morning. I cannot wait. Um, this week in the NFL is a lot like uh, the kind of uh, the kind of final piece to the offseason puzzle that then now you say, all right, now all eyes turn towards next year and this and the and the training camps. So we got rookie mini camps going on. I, I watched video of Justin Fields in a Bears uniform taking snaps under center yesterday. What a good day to be me. So, uh, we'll get this uh, show started off. Hespin headline number one. You know where we're going. We're going to the NFL schedule. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. So the NFL has officially released their schedule. We know every game. We know the what week the teams are playing, and you can know your bye weeks now. You can start to check off win, loss, win, loss. If you're a Chiefs fan, it's more like win, 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 win. If you're a Bucs fan, it's more like win, 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 win. A lot of great stuff to get down the schedule. I'm not one of those guys who really predicts the wins and losses until we get to about like Week one or two of the preseason. I want to make sure I know all the injuries. I want to make sure I have all the camp stuff. So I'm not going to sit here today and go, ooh, here's who I think makes the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, I could, but I'm not going to. What I'm instead going to do is uh I'm going to break down what I think are the five most exciting games, the games I'm most excited for early on in the season. Uh, and also, though, I want to talk about just some of the stats of the NFL schedule because I think this is really interesting as well. You know, the NFL is so smart. And one of the reasons why the NFL is king and is at the top of the hill is because they just schedule things so well. And they know what the people want when they want it. Um, first off, A, 10 teams got maxed out at five time primetime games. The most primetime games a team is allowed to have by NFL rules is five. We got 10 teams. That have five. And I actually think nine of the teams are all deserving of the five. Uh the Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, LA Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, obviously, uh, Seattle, the Ravens, the Buccaneers, the Champs, and the Green Bay Packers. I also think the NFL doing that knows two things with the Packers. I think they, I think there's good sense around the league right now that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be traded. And the NFL uh, it, it wouldn't have necessarily bolstered the Packers like that uh, in the fact that if the Packers could be losing Aaron Rodgers. I could see them flexing a couple games out late if they lose Aaron Rodgers. You'll want the Jordan Love kind of drama early on if Rodgers gets traded. But I think at this point in time, I give it like a 5% chance that Aaron Rodgers actually gets traded. I think it's more like a 95% chance he starts the season in Green Bay. But I don't want to spend too much time on that. The one team that got five primetime games that I think the NFL made a little bit of a mistake on is the New Orleans Saints. They got five primetime games. I get it. New Orleans, especially like a Monday night, Sunday night football the Dome will be filled back to capacity. I can see them getting one or two games. And maybe early on you give them a couple other games because New Orleans will have the intrigue of Taysom Hill, and then you got Jameis Winston, and moving on from Drew Brees. I I just don't love it, though. I don't think the New Orleans Saints are going to be that great this year. And I think if anything, they're going to be a lot of like a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, but the problem is, and it, you'll see this with kind of some of the other people, uh, when we get to the fourth primetime games. When you have the Tampa Bay Bucks in your division, a team that's going to get five primetime games. Saints bucks that's probably that you know that guarantees the Saints kind of getting in on those games if that makes sense. So I think a lot of that is why that went down as well and they play the Packers. So a lot of these are doubling up with some of these primetime games as well. I, if I was the NFL though I would have probably hedged my bets a little bit more and I would have bumped um maybe the Bills or uh you know another team into that Five prime time slot as opposed to the Saints, just because I think the Bills I know are going to be good. I don't know what I'm getting from the Saints. Now, there were five, uh, there were five teams that got four prime time games, and that's the Vikings. I like that move. I think the Vikings are interesting. I think the Vikings will have a, a little bit of a bounce back year as well. And again, they play teams in other big markets. They play, obviously, Green Bay. They play the NFC West. Uh, they play Chicago. Shagrime, Chicago, uh, excuse me, Minnesota-Chicago is another one of those that gets a Monday night primetime game. Uh, the Raiders... That makes sense, obviously, the branding, the new stadium, the Bills make sense. Josh Allen, I think they're the second-best team in the AFC this morning. Uh The Indianapolis Colts, very interesting that they get four primetime games. I think that was a smart move by the NFL because either way, I think the Colts are interesting, kind of fascinating. The Carson Wentz stuff, especially early on, is going to be must-watch to see what Carson Wentz does with Frank Reich, with a really good offensive line, where's his confidence level at can he regain some of that form and i and I, you know the colts were a playoff team last year you got to remember that as well so they have a, a little bit of that primetime um uh, scheduling because they were a playoff team so they play other top teams from the other divisions that they play so they're flexed into a lot of those games and then finally the bears and i do think the bears obviously even in their worst years always get at least three primetime games just like the Chargers will, even though I don't expect the Chargers to be, I think they're going to be better. I don't know if they're going to be playoff contention better because it's a larger market. LA, Chicago, New York, those teams will always get more primetime games. I'm a little shocked. I don't see the Giants or the Jets anywhere in the four at least primetime games, but maybe they could get flexed in depending on how their seasons go as well. Uh, if you know, you flex out some of the Saints games or other things like that. Remember also the NFL. Doing a little bit different with their schedule this year. They're allowing more flexibility and more flexing to happen in the later weeks. So those things are always really interesting to me, right? Who gets the primetime games? I think for the most part, the NFL pretty much nailed it. Bigger markets, interesting storylines. The 49ers obviously can be fascinating. Uh, and you are a lot of you it's hedging your bets. I think the 49ers can be really good this year with Jimmy G starting, but If Jimmy G gets injured, then you have all the Trey Lance drama and the storyline where that's still going to get ratings. The Bears obviously have all the drama and the storyline of Justin Fields. When does he play? When does he not play? And the drama built around that. Um, And, uh, you know, the Ravens are a great team. Steelers, obviously, big brand. I get all that. L.A., Stafford in L.A., plus the Rams are the big team in that market. All of that makes sense. The other thing I want to mention here before I get into my games that I'm going to be watching for this year early on as I'm schedule picking is the five toughest schedules per percentage is based off of the previous year. So when they rank these things strength of schedule and they say, heck, man, these teams got a really tough schedule, all that's based on the winning percentage from the teams they played last year and the last year's records. And so it doesn't shock me that the five of these teams, all of them are in the same uh two divisions because that makes sense as well, right? And I think they're two of the better divisions in football. It's the AFC North and the NFC North. The fifth toughest schedule this year is the Minnesota Vikings. The fourth toughest schedule this year is the Green Bay Packers. The third toughest schedule is my Chicago Bears. The second toughest schedule is the Ravens, and the number one toughest schedule, they have the hardest schedule this year based on last year's win percentage, is the Steelers. Now, it makes sense because the Steelers have to play the Browns and the Ravens twice. Those are playoff teams. They play Kansas City. Um, The Bears obviously have to play the Packers. Uh, They play the NFC, the AFC, uh, NFC West as well. They had the playoff teams. I think the only team that's really – the only of those five, the one I'm most scared for is my Bears, especially if you look at where their bye week falls, really no breaks in the schedule of like, hey, here's a two- or three-week run where you have a couple of the cupcakes in a row. There is some brutal stretches. I don't want to spend too much time into it right now, but it does worry me. And now I knew the Bears' schedule was going to be tough um, when we saw just who they were playing. Then when I looked at all the way where the games fell, it certainly made me a little bit more – worried as well so those are the five toughest schedules now let's get into the games I'm actually really excited to watch for here's my top five games that when I just look at the schedule I went through every week I jotted down each week two or three games I found really interesting then I looked at that and I said all right of all these games which are the ones that stick out to me just like I'm excited for I'm pumped for and you actually can find this information right now on the KHMO app or k-h-m-o-radio.com. I also shared it on the On The Mark Facebook page uh, just yesterday. So the number five game that I'm most excited for as I look at the schedule this year, Thanksgiving Day, Chicago Bears at Detroit. The Bears playing Detroit I think should be a permanent Thanksgiving game in Detroit. I love Detroit hosting. uh, They are Thanksgiving football to me, not the Cowboys, uh, not the Saints, the, the Lions. They started the tradition They get that noon game, and Bears-Lions on Thanksgiving Day always feels right. By late uh, November, I fully expect Justin Fields to be starting, so there's a lot of intrigue on that. I think the Bears and Lions are going to be in decent spots at this point in time, certainly in the hunt for playoff spots. And there's nothing better, in my opinion, than Thanksgiving Day watching football. No one's got to work. You get nothing but eating and drinking all day, football all day, Bears, Lions, Thanksgiving Day. That's a little bit of just a personal one for me. Uh, I cannot wait, and I love that the Bears and the Lions are playing on Thanksgiving Day. Bucket list for me is to go to a Lions Thanksgiving Day football game. I think it would just be so much fun. Number four game on this schedule for me that I see it, I'm like, oh, I cannot wait, is week nine, November 7th. Green Bay Packers at Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, this is all based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer, which, as I said at the top of the show, I believe 95% chance he's still going to be. The last time the Packers and the Chiefs played, what happened? Patrick Mahomes out with that freak uh, kneecap dislocation, um, and so we uh, we didn't get the matchup that we wanted. Rodgers versus Mahomes. I think we get it. Week nine, knocking on all the wood, possible injuries and all that. Uh, I think that's one of those that's going to be prime time. I believe that's a Sunday night football game as well. So it's going to be huge, and it's one of those things. Two good teams, both battling at the top of the NFC and the AFC. You have all those great storylines, plus just Rodgers and Mahomes. You know they're both they have. You know they both have that game circled right now, thinking to themselves. That's my day to maybe you know vault myself into the first place of the MVP race at that point in time. Uh, The number three game I'm looking forward to most, because I think it'll actually be a better, more competitive game, uh, on October 10th, week five, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Rematch of the AFC Championship game. Can the Buffalo Bills, they've made huge strides the past two years. Two years ago, made the playoffs. Last year, Josh Allen, MVP candidate, they make the AFC Championship game. Can Buffalo show up this year and really challenge the Chiefs? I know it's only Week Five, and it's a week, and it's 17 games now in the schedule, but this could be that game when we're at Week 16, Week 17, and towards the end of the season, you go, man, because the Bills beat the Chiefs, they are in the driver's seat for home field advantage, and you know. The Chiefs would much rather have that home field of Arrowhead than having to go up to uh, Buffalo and deal with the crazy Buffalo Bills fans and Bills Mafia uh, in an AFC championship game next year. So that early on week five, uh, two great teams, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL battling for AFC supremacy can't wait for that one. Uh, the number two game I'm I'm looking forward to most is uh the opening game, September 9th, Dallas at Tampa, just because football's back. That's when you could we're all counting down for you get to see what are the Bucks. We've never seen this in NFL history before, where an NFL team that won the Super Bowl, let alone just any NFL team, return all 22 starters. I mean, this is insane. We're not. I don't think that's getting enough press, what this really is and what the Bucks were able to accomplish this offseason. They legitimately bought in and said no one. Uh, now, a lot of guys got paid, but there were some people that took uh, some discounts to stay, Brady himself, to keep this thing together, to ride it out. Dallas, early on, I think is going to be very competitive against the Tampa team. Dallas always shows up in prime time. You're going to have a healthy Dallas offensive line to start the year. They're going to have a healthy defense to start the year, you know. Dallas one of those teams that just always historically feels like loses a linebacker in a corner by week three, and then their defense just melts down over the past couple of years. So I think this will be really interesting, really fun to watch. Dak, new press con, uh, uh, new Dak Prescott, new uh, 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 deal, highest paid, you know, massive money. Will he have to feel that pressure to earn it opening night? Jerry will be there. Fans in the sands, you know, raising the banner. Tampa. Dallas week one, that's going to be fun. And then, obviously, I don't know which person, if you're an NFL fan, wouldn't have this as the number one game you're most excited for. I don't care. I I, I really don't like either of the two teams involved as a fan standpoint. But just from the intrigue, from the storylines, from the um, ratings this is going to get, week four, October 3rd, The Tampa Bay Bucks head to New England, and Tom Brady returns home to face the New England Patriots. That is going to be must-watch. Sunday night football, I guarantee you, that is going to get the type of rating that you see from AFC championships, from NFC championships. That could be Super Bowl-type ratings. I'm not joking. I'm really not. Sunday night football, the West Coast will have plenty of eyes on it. Central time, uh, they'll stay up late for it. It's not too late Central time. And then East Coast, You all, they're all going to stay up late. All the East Coasters wanting to see Brady uh, go back to, uh, to New England. I think this game gets a bigger rating too because it's Brady going back to New England. If it was New England in Tampa, I think it would still be a massive rating because it's Belichick Brady. But... Week four, early on, you pray that everyone's healthy. You, you, I can't imagine it wouldn't be early on week four. This is going to be huge. Robert Kraft is already saying we're going to roll out the welcome wagon. You have uh, uh, secondary ticket prices going over $1,000 for nosebleeds in Gillette Stadium right now. Cannot wait for Brady in New England week four. Put it on the calendar, 10-3. I'm already, I might take off work on on. Monday, October 4th. <laughs> Cuz I know I'm going to be up late watching it, watching the post games, consuming it all. That's fantastic. Um I want to include some honorable mentions here. Um and just some other ones that I think are going to be really interesting. I think uh again, the brilliance of the NFL. Absolutely brilliant. Cleveland at Green Bay on Christmas Day. You get the brand of the Packers. So that's huge eyes for Christmas Day. You have Cleveland, it should be one of the best teams in the AFC. Two teams battling for the playoffs late in the year Christmas Day. I think that's a home run. Baker and all his commercials, Aaron and all his commercials. Two marketable stars, two marketable franchises well known. Uh Cleveland at Green Bay Christmas Day. I you know as much as I love Lions hosting Thanksgiving, I think Christmas Day in Green Bay if they can make that an annual tradition in the NFL, that would be insane because I think that's uh, that just fits, it just works. Um week 18, you have the battle of the NFC West. I think it's Rams, uh, Cardinals and then uh, 49ers and uh um uh and Seahawks. The, the week 18 in the NFC West, I I'm just excited for because That's going to be when the the NFC West is decided. It just feels like that. Other uh, other honorable mentions I want to mention. uh, Week 13, New England at Buffalo. I think that'll be really interesting. Buffalo swept um, New England last year, and you know that that is circled on Bill Belichick's calendar. You know that he's sitting there going, I cannot believe that I got swept by Buffalo. So I think at Buffalo... I think Buffalo's going to be battling for that one seed. New England's going to be battling for the playoffs. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Week two, Sunday night football, Chiefs at the Ravens. I almost had this in my top five because I love the Lamar and the Patrick Mahomes, the two MVPs, the kind of uh, uh, battles that they've had. Now, you though, we've just seen the Chiefs dominate the Ravens so many times that I just don't know how competitive that will be, but this is Baltimore's chance, and I can't wait. You know I'll be watching Sunday Night Football. And then, of course, obviously, the just personally, the two games I look forward to most every year, it'll be Week 6, Green Bay at Chicago, and then Week 14, Chicago at Green Bay. Uh, I think one of them is the Sunday Night Football, and uh, those are just, you know, those are huge. It's the biggest, oldest rivalry in the NFL. I know a lot of people talk Steelers-Ravens rivalry. Listen, yeah, it's been a little bit more competitive recently, Uh, In the past, you know, 20 years, but Bears Packers is the NFL rivalry. It's just a fact. And uh, the fact that Justin Fields could be starting one or both those games, yeah, I'm juiced. All right. That was 20 straight minutes of NFL schedule talk, so we've got to hit commercial break. You're listening on the mark here, News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, we'll go Eastern Conference NBA playoff preview, all right? Then we'll jump to the Western Conference. A uh, lot still to go. Don't go anywhere. Live and local on a Saturday in Hannibal. It's on the market. News Talk 1070 KHMO. <laughs> Talk 1070 KHMO with the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. They have over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. Here's the great thing. When I bought my truck from Cunis, my truck, I actually found it on CunisQuincy.com. I was like, ooh, I want this. I'm immediately messaged them at CUNIS, they're like, Oh, well that's at our Monmouth location. We can have it here for you to look at tomorrow. Brought it down, looked at it the next day, made the deal. It's as simple as that. So even if you go to the lot two twenty one North Thirty sixth Street in Quincy, which I highly recommend, if you're not seeing what's on the lot, sit down with a sales staff and say, like, let's start browsing. Find me what I want. They have such a giant network of Cunis dealerships all throughout the Midwest where they can get you what you want and what you're looking for. CunisQuincy.com, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right. Uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, by this time next week, we will know uh, the uh, we will be in the NBA playoffs. So I want to start and just talk a little Eastern Conference, a little Western Conference. Very bummed, by the way, my Bulls did not make uh, the play in tournament. Uh, I will just quickly say this about my Bulls. I'm still just riding on the high that they have Vucevic and they have Levine locked up together. And I think it's going to be a big offseason for the Bulls. I think the Bulls are going to be real contenders in making moves, trades, free agency. And either way, just a full offseason of Vuce and Levine and building around those two guys as opposed to trying to throw it together uh, with only a, you know, a, a third of the season left, which they had to do. I have a a good high hopes for the Bulls going into the offseason, even though I really wish they would have made the playoffs. And I think if Zach Levine wasn't stuck in that insanely long COVID protocol when he didn't even have COVID, I think they'd be in this playing tournament right now. All right, uh, in the Eastern Conference, a couple things I want to talk about. First off, A, the Miami Heat are so hot right now. And let's not forget, back in October, the Miami Heat were in the NBA Finals. And they were giving the Lakers all sorts of fits. So the Miami Heat, I know they're not the Brooklyn Nets and they're not the number one seed uh, Philadelphia 76ers and they don't have Giannis, uh, the two-time MVP. But the Miami Heat are a team that would not be shocked at all if they are playing once again in the Eastern Conference Finals and they really upset someone. If I'm one of those top three seeds, I look at Miami and go, oh, for the love of Pete, leave us alone, Miami. We don't want any part of you. Uh, I think they're coming together at the right time. You know, they, they play a brand of basketball that is so reminiscent of '90s basketball with Bam and Jimmy. They are physical. They switch. Jimmy is a absolute junkyard dog. Uh, he is a up in your face defender. Uh, he won't let. Uh, he won't give you any space. Leads the league in steals uh, since the All Star break. Uh, I, I'm very excited to see what the Miami Heat can do in the playoffs and the type of damage they do. Um, one of the other storylines in the Eastern Conference is, how healthy is Joel Embiid? Listen, I'll be the first one to say, I love what the 76ers have done this year. I think this really is the culmination of the process for them. It's a process that has a lot of uh, bumps and bruises along the ways. I mean, you look back at the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers, remember, they traded... Jason Tatum basically uh to get a point guard that is now out of the league. You, you know what I mean like they could have Jason Tatum on their team. So there was bumps and bruises all along the way with the process, but it has culminated in a one-seed Doc Rivers I think is really pushing Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to work together. This is the first time in in years that I've thought to myself, may this might actually work. Like these these guys could just be together for the length of their careers. As opposed to thinking to myself, oh good lord, you got to separate these guys. You got to get them away from one another. Um, so it's a it's a um, the Philadelphia is very interesting. The problem is, this what's the health of Joel Embiid? He had the ankle uh, tweak in the knee. His back's given him trouble uh, throughout the year, and now you know he's dealing with some sort of uh, 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 you know. A, flu-like symptoms that he was not good in the last game. I just don't love that. Even though they got the one seed, it seems like they're health-wise is limping in. And if, and if Joel Embiid, for any reason, tweaks something, I mean, they're immediately not contenders anymore. They need him 100% healthy, 100% dominant, MVP type of Joel Embiid for them to have any sort of chance to make it out of the East. Uh, but they are the one seed for a reason. They had a very good regular season. And the other storyline is obviously the Nets. I mean, I think the Nets are the team that's the easy pick to say, "Oh, the Nets are going to win the East." And I get it. I get why you sit there and just say, "Nets, I'm going to take the Nets because of the talent. Uh they have so much talent and uh they only, you know, lost the 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 one seed by a game and a half from Philly and they they have only their three stars have only played together for like 6, 7 games. The problem is with with Brooklyn that I just can't get over is the refs let the NBA playoffs be different. They they ref them differently. It is way more physical. Defense is way more important, and they play zero defense. And if you're expecting Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan to be your Giannis stoppers, I don't see that. So if you had to, t- if you were giving me the field or Brooklyn to make it out of the East right now, I would take the field. Um, I, I I mean, obviously Brooklyn has so much firepower. And they're so talented that it would not shock me at all if they just blow everyone out. But if all of a sudden they're in the second round of the playoffs and you see them going to seven games with a Miami, you know, with a with a Milwaukee, don't be shocked by that either because of the physicality that those teams play with versus how soft Brooklyn is. So I think that's going to be fascinating. And, and can they gel when I think really they need to let Harden be the guy who runs everything? Let Harden be the point guard, let Kyrie be the scoring guard, and then KD's your assassin. Um, the other storyline in the East is you don't want to play the Knicks. And I don't mean this because I think the Knicks will upset someone, but I mean right now if the playoffs were to start, you'd have the Knicks versus the Bucks, three versus six. I think the Bucks match up very well against the Knicks. I think the Bucks probably win in six games. But that is going to be a physical six games. Tom Thibodeau is going to beat the living you-know-what out of Milwaukee. They're not going to let Giannis get anything easy. And Giannis and the Bucks will advance, but they're going to be beaten up. You're going to have sore hammies. You're going to have shoulder AC joint contusions left and right. You're going to have a broken finger or two because the Knicks have made it to 39 and 31 as of this morning and the sixth seed playing that old bull style of basketball. We are going to overachieve, and we are going to outwork you. And now in the playoffs, we have no chance of really going far because we don't have enough star power, but we are going to beat the living you-know-what out of your stars in the first round. So uh, good luck to the Bucks and uh, having to play the New York Knicks because that is going to be a physical, physical series. Uh, and that's going to take the toll on the Bucks when they move on. And the next series, they're going to be way more beat up than, you know, a Brooklyn team that has to face a Boston or a, uh, you know, a Charlotte or something like that. Or a Philly team that has to face a Pacers or a Washington or, or a team like that. And then uh, finally in the East, I think the Bucs are my team. I, I'm going to take the Bucks to get out of the East. I think, I think no one's talking about them, and this is when Giannis is going to be, be at his best. Drew Holiday has been such a great pickup for them. They are so big. They can guard Joel Embiid because they have Brooke Lopez. They have Giannis. They have bodies to throw at him. They, uh, they can guard Kevin Durant. No one on the, the nets can really guard the size of the, the Milwaukee Bucks. If you're asking Kevin Durant to have to be the defensive stopper on Giannis, that is going to hurt his offense. I think if the Bucs can get through the Knicks easily and they can not have to worry about being beaten to the you-know-what, I really love Milwaukee avoiding Miami until possibly the Eastern Conference Finals and getting through Brooklyn in the second round. I'm going to go on a limb here. I will take the Milwaukee Bucks to win the Eastern Conference. Bummer for the Celtics. They lose Jalen Brown um, for the for the playoff push. But the Celtics, you know, they've so underachieved all year long. They've been such a disappointment. Love the Hornets story. I think LaMelo really is marketable. He is fantastic and fun to watch. And for the Pacers, I mean, heck, they really, you know, for a team that is just so not easy to talk about because they're just not fun to watch, uh, make it into the ninth seed. And Washington, they'd be the one team I want no part of in a one-game playoff. It would not shock me if Washington – wins uh, th- their 8-9 matchup and then gets their way into the playoffs and is really feisty in a first round as an A seed because uh, Bradley Beal can light it up. And, and Russell Westbrook, which I'll try to talk about really quickly in the show, he is so unique and so impressive. All right, you'll listen on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, KHMO app. When we come back, Western Conference Preview, LeBron, play-in game, uh, what do I feel about the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, all that stuff. Don't go anywhere. Live and local on a Saturday in Hannibal. It's on the market. News Talk 1070 KMO. Take us anywhere. Home. 1070 KHMO in the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Your used vehicle has never been worth more. If you're driving around a used vehicle or you have a vehicle that you're making payments on, you could trade that in, and Qnis could get you into something lower payment and newer. So check it out now. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith Family giving back. That's QNAS country. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Uh, let's jump to the Western Conference. Let me start again by quickly saying, you know, the Western Conference, the bottom of the West was so ugly this year. The Rockets, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and then there's the disappointing. You know, obviously, New Orleans, I think, underachieved. Uh, in that first kind of full year with Giannis, uh, you know, I, I like what Stan Van Gundy's trying to build down there, but I, I them not making that play in tournament, I think was a real bummer, and I think the NBA is bummed about it as well because they know the ratings that a that a uh, Zion Williamson, excuse me, could bring. But let me just talk about this really quick. The Sacramento Kings they missed the playoffs again for the fifteenth straight year. This is when I get to the point where if I'm the NBA, I, I don't know. I, I, no no more adding teams, okay? The NBA needs to lose like five teams, six teams. They don't need to add any more teams. I, I'm okay if you want to move Minnesota and move Sacramento and get them into markets that are a little bit more marketable with A-Rod buying the team. Take Minnesota, bring back the Sonics. Team, guys would like to play for that for at least the retro of it. And Seattle... Is a cooler city to live than Minnesota, especially in a winter league, way less of the snow and the dredge of Minneapolis. Sorry, Minneapolis. It's just a fact. And then Sacramento, get them to Vegas. I mean, this is insane. Why? The Kings, again, it's not there. Like, De'Aaron Fox a great player, and he's not getting any mention, any talk, any national press, because the, they just can't get anyone. Like, why would you want Sacramento's the worst city in America? <laughs> You have California taxes and none of the California benefits. You're not in San Francisco. You don't get the tech, the Silicon Valley stuff. You're not in San Diego or L.A. where you get the amazing weather. It's Sacramento, you get all the taxes, and then it's kind of crappy weather. Get Sacramento to Vegas. Get Minnesota to Seattle and help the bottom of the Western Conference. Houston will bounce back. Houston's a major American city. Uh, the Rockets are a good brand. Oklahoma City, I, you know, I, I think Oklahoma City, it's still too young to move them again, and you just move them. But I, I think they have so many draft picks, they can build something there. I, I, you know, leave the Thunder where they are. But, you know, at least in the Eastern Conference, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, Chicago, the bad teams, they're in fairly marketable cities where you can you can attract some free agents Orlando's tough. I don't know. Maybe you move Orlando. I, I think the Magic, though, is a brand. I don't hate them. I, you know. But let's just be honest. The Kings have missed the place for 15 straight years. What do we do in NBA? Just, just move them. Who cares? And I'm sure there's one Kings fan out there right now. Maybe Chris Dewar, who's like freaking out at me. But like, this is ridiculous. Make it the make it. You got the Vegas Knights, the Vegas Kings. Come on, Vegas Raiders, Vegas Kings, Vegas Knights. Move Sacramento and get Minnesota out of there. There's terrible franchises. The dredge of the NBA. All right, uh, I want to talk about the real contenders here. Let me just say this. When I look at the Western Conference, the problem I have a couple problems. The only teams that scare me are three teams. And that's the Phoenix Suns, because I think Chris Paul is a man on a mission, and, and I would argue I, I think Jokic should be the MVP. Uh, just what he has done, you know, getting that team to the third spot in the West when you lose Jamal Murray for the year, their second best player, Jokic is a such a unique player, and I think he needs to be honored in that way. But Chris Paul's been phenomenal, and he would be my second MVP. But here's the thing, Phoenix, I, I, Phoenix scares me because I think they're a young, hungry, and motivated. Devin Booker can go off at any time. Chris Paul, his savviness, his experience in the playoffs, that worries me. Utah, as good as Utah is, Donovan Mitchell will not be 100% at all. Uh, they're they're not going to have it easy. They could end up with the Lakers or the Warriors uh, in a first-round matchup. That sucks for Utah. So I, I immediately count Utah out as making the conference finals or making the finals. So Phoenix, I think, has a chance. And then I look at the Clippers and the Lakers. If the Lakers are healthy and LeBron comes back, they'll be in the Western Conference Finals. They'll be in the Finals. The only thing that worries me about them is having to be in that, uh, playing the Clippers. I think the Lakers-Clippers, one of those teams I think is going to win the West. I'm sorry. I know you look at me, Mark, the Utah won five more games and and Denver won more. They're ahead of them in standings. I don't think any of that matters. I really don't. I think the playoff, come playoff time, I think the Lakers and the Clippers, if they're healthy, one of them, market in, they're in the Western Conference. They're in the the NBA Finals. The only team that I could think throws a wrench into that is Phoenix because I think they have size with DeAndre Ayton to battle with the size that you get from the Lakers. The Lakers are so big now with Andre Jumman and Anthony Davis. And if they're healthy, and I know it's the biggest if in the world, th- the Lakers will be fine. Um especially if I if I'm the Lakers, honestly, I know a lot of the talk is get to the 6 seed. And right now I'd only want to get to the 6 seed if Denver Denver has not clinched the 3 yet. And 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 the worst thing in the world for the Lakers would be the Clippers getting the 3 seed. And you getting the six seed, and now you got Clippers-Lakers in round one. That's a – it's a great ratings, but it's a nightmare for both teams because I think one of those teams should be the West representative if all healthy. So that's a nightmare scenario. If the Clippers can stay at four and the Lakers can get to six, I would love that because then you could get a Lakers-Clippers uh, matchup later on in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, otherwise if I'm the Lakers, I, I would just say um, – avoid the Clippers as long as possible. That's the best thing for you. So, you know, I, I hate to say it, but the Nuggets, as soon as you lose Jamal Murray, I write you off. Yeah, you could win a series, great. But you're not going to win the the West. Utah, I I love Utah the way they play, and it's team basketball, Bogdanovich and the, the threes and the size, Rudy Gobert is underrated. But how Donovan Mitchell, that ankle, I have zero trust in it right now. And Mike Conley's been out as well, so I just you need strong guard play, and especially if you're Utah and you could possibly draw a Warriors or a Lakers, that's a nightmare. I mean, if you draw a Portland, a Lakers or a or a Warriors is a one eight, that sucks. And that just sucks really bad. So I don't even know if Utah will make it out of the first round if they you know in those series. So uh, Phoenix, LA or LA. I think represents the West right now. My money's still on the Lakers. I, I mean, until I watch LeBron in a series really struggle, then, then I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Lakers. They have LeBron, AD, Drummond, can Schroeder get back? I, I'll roll, I'll roll with the Lakers. All right. Uh, that you're listening on the market news talk, 1070 KMO on the KHMO app. So if you just paid attention there, I got bucks Lakers right now. as we start the finals in my, in my Eastern-Western Conference champions. That's my guess right now. I'll put it on record. You guys can roast me in a couple weeks when I'm wrong. Fine, but that's where I'm going with I'll trust my money to the Bucs and the Lakers. All right, when we come back, we'll, we'll wrap up the show. A couple quick hitters. Uh, you're listening on the Market News Talk 1070 KMO on the KMO app. Talk 1070 KMO on the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cutis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. Ask him about the complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. No one else is doing that. Cunis Han Hyundai, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. All right, about five minutes here to wrap up the show. I want to uh, quickly mention the NHL playoffs get underway. And I don't talk a lot in NHL. You guys know this. I I, I watch NHL regular season games, uh, mainly just my Blackhawks. If they're on, I'm watching. Um, uh, But the NHL playoffs are something that's always different. It's always special. And you you watch playoff hockey because, again, a lot like the NBA playoffs, it's just different. The sport, the the fans are coming back to the arenas as well. So you're going to have great crowds in a lot of these places. I'll say this, though. If you're ever, if you're out on hockey or you want to be like, I don't really know about hockey, this is the NHL playoffs to watch because we're never going to probably get anything like this again. Remember, because of COVID, the Canadian teams have only played the Canadian teams. And now you have the way the playoffs are set. You're going to have one Canadian team make it to the final four. You're going to have one of the Florida teams make it to the final four. The East Coast, you know, you got Pittsburgh, the Islanders, the Capitals, the Bruins. One of those teams make it to the Final Four. And then this great battles in the West, the Avalanche, the Blues, the Knights, and the Wild, all of them, I honestly think whoever comes out of the West is my pick to win it all. I think they, the West is just loaded right now. But, you know, you could have uh this Final Four that includes a Toronto, uh, a Vegas, a St. Louis, an Avalanche, you know, plus a Pittsburgh, Sid the Kid, uh, you know the Lightning again. They're the three seed in the Florida bracket, but they could be still the best team in the NHL. You're just never going to get an NHL playoffs like this again. The way it's seeded, the 16 teams, uh, the only the Canadian teams playing the Canadian teams. So if you're if you're a hockey fan or if you're on the fringe about watching playoff hockey, make it this one because this is something special and we'll never see this again. Uh, probably unless they you know unless they divide it up like this and if it works i th- I still think you could have a a playoff bracket like this maybe eventually, uh, but you'd like to see the Canadian teams play the American teams throughout the regular season, but uh it really just fasting stuff and kudos to the NHL for making it through this covid year putting together a really great year and having this really unique playoff format. um so check it on out that starts this weekend. I want to say quickly, Tim Tebow and the Jaguars. My only question is just why. I, I want to know the why. And I, you're never going to get the true answer because they're going to give you speak answer and it's blown up so much on, on social media. There, To me, I think, you know, there's something fishy here. I think it's Urban Meyer trying to just give his guy a, 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 some extra publicity. I've, I've actually read into some of that stuff you hear that, like, if Tim Tebow plays, like, four more games – like actually plays in four more games, like suits up. He's eligible then to receive like from $20,000, almost $60,000 in pension because of the amount of like games you play as a player. I think that could be part of it. And now listen, $60,000 a year, even to a guy like Tim Tebow, that's meaningful money. So I I, I, I hate to speculate in that way. I just worry. I mean, like Urban Meyer, I thought was a great hire and getting Trevor Lawrence is obviously a massive win because he's a generational prospect. But they have had a bad off season. Besides the draft, I love they where they did the draft. But like the 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 strength coach from Iowa and now Tim Tebow, just shaky. It's just weird, and uh, and and I don't love it. I don't love the Tim Tebow thing. I think if you wanted to bring Tim Tebow on, is like a, you know a special assistant to the coach, and just have Tim Tebow on the sideline with Urban Meyer. You know what I mean? Something maybe fun like that. I, but even then, I just don't love it. Tim Tebow just. Just, it's over, dude. Like, you're good on TV. You're good on ESPN College Game Day. Like, you're good. Just do that, the SEC Network. You're a legend. You're have you you make that. married to one of those beautiful women in the world. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, this is a little silly. And I just don't like it for the Jags, who have otherwise had a really great offseason. And finally, I want to just quickly mention, Russell Westbrook, and now becoming the all-time triple-double leader in NBA history, my stance on Russell Westbrook has always been this. It, you know, the guy's a freak. He's unique. He's like Cam Newton. He he deserves a special place in the lore of his sport. But again, there's a reason why he is clinging on to the seed in the playoffs. His stats are incredible, and no one will ever crush his motor. But it just never translated to winning. And that is a shame because he's so special, he's so dynamic, so incredible. But what makes him that way also, I think in a lot of ways hurts his own team and it hurts the way he wins. But uh, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is one of the most unique guys in the sport. And, uh, you know, congrats to him because he, he accomplished something that now he'll get to be remembered for legitimate reasons. And, uh, and, and he's a special talent. So uh, kudos to Russell Westbrook. That does it for this edition on The Mark. When we come back next Saturday morning, NBA playoffs underway. We'll start diving into the storylines, the matchups, what we actually know we have. Uh, Stay tuned for all that. Watch a little NASCAR. I'm going to be watching a little Premier League soccer tomorrow morning as well, so follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin. You can gamble away with me or you can just watch me lose money. We can have some fun either way. Thanks for tuning in. Have a fun, safe weekend. We'll see you next week on the News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by CUNIS Country.